Oh my goodness, there is so much to talk about this morning with the Powerhouse Roundtable, so let's get to it. We've already started. Let's begin by telling you who's here. A great group for you this morning. Millie Herrera is president and CEO of the Miami Group a consulting firm. She's an active member of the National Association of Women Business Owners and also active in the local Democratic Party. Justin Safey is an attorney who works with Ballad Partners in Washington, D.C., a lobbying group. He's publisher of the Safey Review, a daily roundup of political news from around Florida. H.T. Smith is a veteran Miami attorney and civil rights activist and a law professor. Legal Eagle, legal wow, icon. what a group. Good morning. Good Great morning. to have you Good here. Good morning. Good morning. Justin Safey, let me begin with you. This rally Tuesday night, Lena was over in Tampa. 10,000 people in their MAGA hats. I mean, really a, an excited, raucous rally. Uh, and uh, President Trump, obviously, strongly endorsed uh, Representative Ron DeSantis for governor, I mean, a big endorsement. It looks like, in fact, he is going to be the GOP nominee. I mean, do you think there's any question about that? Well, it uh, certainly looks that way. I mean, the numbers for President Trump, his approval rings amongst Republicans are the highest of almost any president in the yeah, last 50 in years. The mid-80s, um, I think. Right, amongst Republicans, extremely yeah. popular. So when he endorses a candidate in a Republican primary, that's going to carry a lot of weight with Republican voters. It's very unusual to see an incumbent president of either party yes. in a endorse in a party, uh, endorse in a primary in their own party. Very right. unusual. Unusual. Um, and Ron DeSantis is not a household name in Florida, but he will be now because of the president's endorsement of him. Adam Putnam, the agriculture commissioner, yeah. has been on the statewide ballot twice before, more well-known name, and now it looks like President Trump's endorsement um, has really flipped this race upside down. You know what's really interesting is that President Trump has been a factor, of course, in the GOP primary, but he's a huge factor in the Democratic primary. Every yeah. single uh, Democratic primary candidate has invoked their distaste for the president, their opposition to the president. You know, in one case, I was in his living room, <laughs> Jeff Green in Mar-a-Lago or the golf club. I mean, that, that is, to me, the most unusual part of that race. Well, it, Democrats yeah. are going to be sending uh, invitations to President Trump to come down as well because <laughs> we know for a fact that uh, this is going to be turnout and independence. And while his base are enthusiastic supporters and they're going to stay with him and vote for people that he endorsed, we believe that the yeah. independents are not, don't like what he's doing yeah. in terms of what he's saying, et cetera. Yeah, Millie Herrera, you know, uh, the fact of the matter is, Justin is right about huge support among strong Republicans, but overall, uh, the president's approval rating is in the low 40s in Florida and nationwide. So, uh, you know, an endorsement in the general election, although it's a few months away, seems to be less meanless right now, doesn't it? It, it is. It's going to be, he, he's probably going, is going to win the primary, the Republican primary, but the yes. Democratic Party and the independents are going to make the difference. And we do have, uh, South Florida carries the, the bulk of the ballots uh, statewide, and, yeah. and we are very democratic. And also the independents are going to have a, a very, very strong, uh, you know, influence if they show up. And this is, this is what the, I believe that the Democratic Party should be doing is reaching out across the aisle to the disaffected Republicans who, even though, you know, the president has a lot of support, but there are a lot of disaffected Republicans and the independents and getting them mm. out to vote. You know, the, uh, come, come November, getting the vote out is largely going to be played, especially in South Florida, where the bulk of the votes are on television. Justin, neither of the DeSantis nor Adam Putnam are on television in South Florida. Adam Putnam told me 
verbatim, well, <laughs> you guys are just way too expensive. But that's a real handicap, is it not? Well, it is, but in a Republican primary, I mean, they're still, even though they're, it's, South Florida is deep blue, heavily Democratic, there are a lot of Republicans. Miami-Dade County has more Republicans than any other county in the yeah. entire state of Florida. And I think Broward County might be third or fourth mm -hmm. in that. So, um, but I think it's just so expensive in the Republican primary, they're probably thinking that in the general election, they will have to do that. But to a point that was made earlier, it's really fascinating to me as we look towards the general election, how much this election could be decided based on what's going on in Washington and the presidency, and not some of the issues that are critical to the future of Florida, like we were speaking earlier before the show about the you know Everglades, what's happening yes. with our environment, the red tide that's happening over on the west coast of Florida, obviously education, crime, things like that. But it is true, and I mean, I agree with the premise that the November elections could just could be determined by this issue of the president and whether you like the, yeah. what well, the president's have, doing or not. We have a governor doing. right now who is very friendly and has a great relationship, as he keeps saying, with President Trump. But has, doesn't has want that, to appear with him. But at, doesn't at, want to appear election. with him yeah. and has not been uh, using his name lately. He, well, he, he appeared with him in fairness this week and Tuesday in Tampa, not at the rally, no, but in the events. He in did. the events he, yeah. he did. But I, I think he's looking at the polling and he sees that it could be a... Trump could be a drag in the general election. R Rick Scott has had a very uh, good, high favorability with regard to his governing of the state of Florida. And I think, just as Justin said, I think that Washington, D.C., and what's happening there and what's happening with President Trump could be the deciding factor. All eyes will be on the state of Florida. And I believe yeah. that no, whoever wins the governorship is going to be a big step forward of who's going to run the, win the presidency. That's right. I agree. Okay. All right. Okay. Good point at which to stop momentarily. Stay with us. We'll be back with more Roundtable in just a minute. Welcome back. We are rocking along with the Roundtable with uh, Justin Safey, Millie Herrera, the one and only H.T. Smith. Millie, let me ask you, the Thursday night Democratic, the five candidates for running for governor Democrats, had their final debate, and um, I thought that Gwen Graham could kind of put it away. She could nail the nomination, and frankly, she didn't do badly, but she didn't nail it down. Yeah, she. I, I think that there were there were a lot of attacks that were thrown at her. That was uh, inevitable. Uh, yeah. Because she is the front runner, and they're trying to you know move her down a bit. Uh, but I think that you know she touched on the issues that are important. She touched about her experience, and out of all the candidates, you know I am supporting her, but all the candidates. Uh, she's the one who has the most experience in government. And, you know, we know what has happened with, oh, I'm not a politician, you know, in, in D.C. with Trump. I mean, that doesn't cut it for us. I mean, I, we do need to have people who know how to negotiate, to sit at the table and to say, listen, all of us have to get together to solve a problem. We can't just be partisan all the time. And yet, look what money has done in this race. Jeff Green, a really late entrant, and he is now moving, inching up in the polls, inching up in the polls, and this morning, the Sun Sentinel, actually, and maybe other papers that I hadn't seen, endorsed Jeff Green for governor. What do you yeah. make of and, that? And Jeff Levine is crying all the way That would uh, be home. Phil Levine. Phil Levine, <laughs> I'm sorry, Phil Levine, yeah. uh, be, because he's taken away a lot of the support that he has. But 25% of Democrats are still undecided. And we're going to have a higher uh, number of younger voters that have been voted before, so I'm not concerned about this polling. And for one who supports Andrew Gillum, he just got endorsed by Bernie, San 
Bernie Sanders. Right. And so this is going to be very interesting. Weapons of mass destruction will all be fired at Gwen Graham. Well, they were on Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, uh, Justin, let me ask you, trot out a theory that's sort mm -hmm. of percolating. Um, and, and that is that if I were Gwen Graham or whoever the Democratic nominee is going to be, could be Andrew, mm -hmm. that's kind of a long shot, whoever it is, they are praying to the heavens, <laughs> to the political gods, that it is Ron DeSantis mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. uh, smart, smart guy, but very conservative. And Gwen Graham is a moderate Democrat. She's not a radical on almost anything. Right. right. Well, I, I would agree with that. I think that it goes back to what we were talking about before, and that is if Gwen Graham or whoever the Democratic nominee is, it's almost like it would be beneficial to them to try to make the, they would believe that it would be beneficial to them to have the election for <clears throat> governor be a, a referendum on President Trump. And so Ron DeSantis, the strong endorsement from President Trump, if I were the Democratic yeah. nominee, I would try to do yeah. that. However, you know, that's not without risk either because yeah. at the same time you well, could gin up those, those Trump supporters. Right, but here's, here's the corollary, it seems to me, and everybody weigh in. Ron DeSantis has campaigned on Fox News. He is, in many ways, a creature of Washington, not of Florida. And like him or not, Adam Putnam, you know, has run a 67-county campaign I like to see that he was at the Possum Festival in <laughs> Wausau, Florida yesterday. That's the kind of campaign he's running. Yeah, but you know, I think the way that campaigns are being run today are very different than the way they've been run before. Um, television's important, but the internet is more important than ever. Right. And it, a candidate's yeah. abilities to light up the internet. And honestly, I don't know that we have any candidate on the Democratic or the Republican side right now that's got this huge, massive, um, organic internet following like right. we saw with Barack Obama say in 2000 or, or Bernie Sanders or Bernie Sanders right. in 2012 absolutely right. so so we, we are, we're in a little bit of a different um, playing field now in terms of how campaigns are run right. and won. As, aside and, from really wanting to know what do you do at a possum festival hopefully not eat possum <laughs> hey this now I grew up in Louisiana we digress oh yeah how did you make it to the Democratic Party oh because we were Democrats so, you know, Gwen Keep Graham American. faced the, the really the biggest criticism I've seen so far this week over the American Dream Mall. And does she or does, does she not support this massive mall development at the edge of the Everglades on her family's land? Right. And I, um, you know, respectfully, I don't think I heard her really answer yes or no. I to that. asked her mm -hmm. straight yeah. out, do you support it? Do you think it's a good idea? And she just simply danced around it. Really? She would not she, say. She, she has to dance around it. I she mean, had to. Her, yeah. fa her yeah. family owns a tremendously large parcel of land that's going to be a part of the uh, of this development that's on the edge of the Everglades. Yeah. And does no matter how you look at it, it's going to be cause traffic to be an F up in that area. Yeah, well. So she can't but, tell her family. But I what don't she did it. say is that she would recuse herself, and I think yes. that's important because she cannot be held responsible for what her family business does. I mean, well, she is distancing herself yes. from the yeah. Graham companies yes. since she was elected to Congress. Yes. Okay. She doesn't sit on their board of directors. She's moved in, in the right direction. On the, if we can kind of change, pivot a little okay. bit, I want to look at the Senate race. <laughs> and, and Justin, um, you know, the fact that it's only four points in the latest poll, but uh, Rick Scott is four points ahead of Bill Nelson. He's been trending up slightly uh, what do you make of this? Well, it's really fascinating. I mean, Bill Nelson was first elected to the U.S. Senate in 2000, and he's been there for 18 years. And Rick Scott, 
uh, won two razor-thin elections yeah, as Florida governor, 1%. and now he's beating, he's the polls, at least the recent polls showing, and this is in a supposedly blue wave, Democratic wave year. So if uh, Rick Scott is able, and right now the polls, but we still got a long way to go to election day in November, but just the fact that Rick Scott is ahead in the polls now, today, yeah. standing where we are with with uh, with the race where it is, is a big victory for, for Rick Scott. He'd much rather be there than, than behind. But isn't he peaking? You know what? We're going to take a quick break for a commercial. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Don't you wish we actually rolled on these commercial breaks? We're back with a little bit more roundtable. Millie Herrera, you were just talking about. You think uh, in the Senate race, you think Rick Scott is peaking early in the polls? I think he is. I think he's peaking early. I think that he's put a lot of money to get his name out. But, you know, we're going to, we're the Democrats, we're going to tie him to, to Trump because he fills the room. We're going to tie him, we're going to look at all the times that he supported Trump's policies, and I think that, that people are going to see that, why do we want another Trump? Why do we want, you know, eight more or 10 or 12 more years out of somebody who really has done nothing for the middle class, has done nothing for the working people? Well, you know, he's giving everything to, to, the, Millie, to the wealthy. Millie, I, uh, forgive me, it's going to shock some people. i got to come to the defense of Rex Scott a little bit here. I mean. There have been, whether how much he had to do with it or not, more than a million jobs in Florida in the last seven years. Part of it is the flow of the economy, you know, the give and take, the, you know, but, but you got to give him some credit for the economy of Florida. Yeah, give him some credit good. for taking credit for what Obama did. Uh, give him credit for uh, creating low-paying jobs that are, that are not sustainable, no health care, Look at the environment. Look at look at the situation of the right. state of Florida. Where if only if you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, you're well off. Give him credit for the all the corporate welfare through Enterprise Florida. Give him credit for not accepting the money for Medicaid, which caused people's lives yes. to be lost. Yeah. We're going to make sure he gets credit for that. We're going to time to Trump like a tar baby. And even if he gets away, the tar is going to be all over him <laughs> and so people can Justin, see Justin, you want to jump in there? And I would just say that it doesn't speak well of Bill Nelson's record if the Democrat strategy is to tie him to Trump. I mean, basically, there's got to be more. It's saying, well, yeah. it's saying, yeah. I, mean, no, it's, I mean, look, that's but the strategy. But they're not saying or, Bill Nelson is going to win based on his record. All right. Uh, you know, at this moment, this week, and I hope for the next several weeks, the real issue between Nelson and Scott is all this green guacamole goop coming yeah. out of Lake Okeechobee. Yeah. We've got, as you mentioned earlier, red tide. We've got dead fish, you know, on the southeast, southwest Florida. And we've got estuaries that are just stinking messes. And Rick Scott is blaming Bill Nelson. Bill Nelson is blaming Rick Scott. I mean, they're pointing their fingers at each other, but what's being done about this? We got the Florida Wildlife and Conservation Commission uh, that's over this. And, and while it was being reported, people are now seeing the photographs of thousands of fish coming up dead, right. manatees, well, hammerhead sharks. Yeah. Yeah. You have you have it. We're, we have a video, video right, right now. Yeah, yeah let, let the people it, see it. They need what, to see it. What I, there's got to be some attention to the legislature too. I mean, the, this is a result of years of effects of various things, sewage, right. sewage that is you know. Effluence, they call it, which coming I guess from is an fertilizer. Term. Coming from fertilizer, yeah. but also coming from residential development, and and so really one person is not responsible for what's going on now. But no, certainly but, uh, the people in law. But, but he got rid are, of the, com right? the community development uh, agency that that uh, controlled growth. Oh, you know, 
you were talking about growth. Yes, we need to have housing for our people, but we cannot just continue to build without any kinds of, you know, restraints on the, you know, what the impact of the environment yeah. is. Yeah. And and he, you know, Rick Scott has been the the governor for eight years. He's been in charge of Florida, yeah. not Bill Nelson. But Congress and Justin, jump in here. Yeah. Congress has to fund the reservoir, you know, uh, south of the lake and. The state owns a lot of that land, but they leased it back to Big Sugar. I mean, there have been some real mistakes there, here. Look, there's there's a lot of people that we can point fingers at. It's a complicated problem. It's partially a state problem. It's partially a federal problem. And I hope that as I hope this is a call for Floridians of all parties to basically take a stand to try to put pressure on our elected officials, both in Washington and here in Florida, to solve this issue. When I worked for Governor Bush 20 years ago, I remember going with him to Washington to work to talk about Everglades restoration. Right. That was 20 years ago, and that's a part of this too, in terms of Lake Okeechobee and the whole ecosystem. And, and in 2020, when presidential candidates of both parties come to Florida, they need to answer what right. they're gonna do about Lake Okeechobee, right. what they're gonna do about the algae, and what they're gonna do about Red And Jones. I wanna join your call for all of us asking all of the political leaders to deal with this. And now it's beginning to affect the health of people, not just animals, mm -hmm. but in ways, people. In ways that we don't even know it, yet. It, exactly. This is, this is a crisis. Big, this, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Big sugar is is the big focus when, it, when everyone talks about that. Justin, is, is the sugar industry really have that big of a part? Is, is it that? Yes, big of a part in the, in the problem. They are, I think, principally responsible. Phosphate and other fertilizers from that huge uh, sugar industry south of the lake. I've spent time there, I've reported on it. They are mainly responsible and they have shirked their responsibility. I second yeah, that this, motion. It, well, yes. it, it gets complicated, it's far beyond my expertise, but I know that there's been over the last 20 years issues of how much phosphorus parts per billion, I think, yeah. get to, uh -huh. and the effluent that runs off into the yeah. Everglades. I'm not an expert on it, but I know that that's one of the issues. But again, it's a complicated problem. Yeah. It's also yeah. residential development and the wastewater and where that goes. Yeah. And the, the dairy farms north of the lake as well. It's yeah. It really, it's very complicated, but it must be addressed. Yeah, and for those of us on the southeast part of Florida, we weren't as uh, concerned about it because most of the problems over in Lee County in the southwest, but right. now we got or people up in, in Jupiter and Stewart. Yeah. That's right, Jupiter okay. and Stewart yeah. and people getting sick and we don't know just how much damage it's going to cause. Yeah. Everybody now is concerned. Well, you know, there are neurotoxins that are being caused by this right. algae and, you know, it's the refusal of the agriculture industry for taking care of the runoff. That, Millie, that I'm going to have to interrupt you. I beg your pardon, but thank you for coming in. Great round table. Great to have Thank everybody. you. Thanks. Alrighty.